Welcome to the wonderful world of wine, exploring all things wine with you. We are your hosts, Mark Lindsay and Kim Simone, and you can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. everyone and welcome to this week on the wonderful world of wine we are your hosts mark and kim and every week we bring you trending topics from the wine world things that you may want to know about and maybe never even heard of before and how are you doing this week mark everything's great kim always good to talk wine with you and our Absolutely. listeners today in oh, football season so i'm very happy. <laughs> you you do love your football yeah, goes good with wine. <laughs> it certainly can, certainly can. So for our topics today, we wanted to talk about some things that may or may not be added to your bottle of wine. And this kind of ties in with wine labeling issues. There's a little bit of talk about putting ingredients and nutritional information on wine labels. And these two topics today sort of tie in with that. Yeah, it's kind of the secret thing in the wine world, I think that a lot of people don't know about, but they should care about, Kim. And we're always talking about the information, the truth and lies out there on the on the wine labels and additives are one thing that we've, we talked a lot about in one particular additive, two articles wrote about. One was the Keenan Winery that wrote a blog and one was a new site called PixWine.com and they both covered this topic of an item called Mega Purple. We've mentioned it before, correct? We've mentioned Mega Purple and it's such a... <laughs> It's such an evocative name, you know, <laughs> you hear the words mega purple and you're like, ooh, you know, maybe tell me more or maybe I should be a little worried about this. It doesn't sound bad, does it? I mean, it, it, I, no, I mean, I feel like it sounds like it would be an amazing paint color. Mega purple. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> so let's oh. tell our listeners, Kim, what is this mega purple and what does it have to do with the wine that we're drinking? So mega purple is a commercially produced wine additive, but that is made just from concentrated grape juice, essentially. And one thing that I learned in these articles is that it is one particular type of grape. And I'm blanking on the, the name of the grape right now, but it's not really one that is used in regular production. You know, it's not Cabernet. It's not Merlot. It's it not Malbec. Ruby Red. Ruby, Ruby Red. Ruby Red. Right. All one word. Yeah. <laughs> Ruby Red. And it is this variety of grape that we have a couple of them out there that they have red skin, but also red flesh. So it's like this double hit of uh, purpleness, mega purple in, in, the, in the juice. So when you concentrate it, you get almost like, you know, a food coloring. And that's essentially what this is. It is food coloring made from grape juice that can be added to a lighter colored wine in order to pump up the color of the wine. And, and it seems like a side effect benefit, maybe or detriment is that it also adds a little bit of sweetness to the wine as well. Yeah, grape juice concentrate, like uh, orange juice concentrate that type stuff of Stuff we used to have in our freezing. You mix yeah. it with water and you have right. juice. <laughs> and I just want to touch base on additives in general for the yeah. listeners. So I additives think it's important to do. Additives. in wine can be for correction of something. It could be for prevention of something. It could be for manipulation of something in the wine. And the TTB 
does have an additives list of things that you have to control and let them know you're using. It has to be on the list of approved additives. And it's a pretty lengthy list. I know mm -hmm. we talked about it in the past. And one of the only items that has to be on the label that's an additive is, is sulfites. And you, everybody sees that on most of the labels, says sulfites uh, added uh, to the wine. And they call an additive, according to the TTB, anything that's authorized for treatment of wine and juice. And that's a quote from the TTB. And when you look at this list, Kim, and I know you've seen it many times, there's a lot of big words on it, a lot of chemicals, a lot of acids, there's calciums, there's milk products, there's gases, there's oak chip, there's soy, yeast, tannins, even cork is on this list. It doesn't necessarily add mega purple as a listed item, but there's technical things on there that can be used for color. And I'm assuming it falls under one of those technical categories. Well, that was one thing that I was thinking about, because if this is a grape juice product, then would it even have to be added as an ingredient? Because because it's a must, because it's part of it already. Because it's, because it's from grapes. And obviously you're adding grapes to your wine because that's your main ingredient. So I guess my thought was, well, if you're making a grape wine and you are adding this mega purple to it, would you even have to list it? Yeah. Or it, would it just be considered, oh, another grape in the blend? Yeah, I think there's a lot. Of, and that was one of the conversations the Keenan Winery had was it's mm -hmm. kind of a dirty secret in the industry and no one really knows. And, and nobody wants to talk about it. <laughs> you know, and I was trying to find that detail on the TTB list because there's a lot of words it tells you what the additive is. It tells you what it does. And it has a lot of words that tell you what it does, like clarifies, mm -hmm. reduces, removes, converts, lowers, raises, stabilizes, sterilizes. And another one is color, improves, or it was some weird stuff there too. Like it makes a black wine clear and things like that. So oh, mega yeah. purple obviously is following under that category. Mm -hmm. and, and the listeners are probably thinking now, Kim, it's it it kind of, it sounds kind of scary, right? I mean- Or at it, least a little sketchy. Yeah. Like why does a wine need food coloring added to it? Right. And that's what this Keenan Winery gentleman was talking about. But it's a product. It's made from that ruby red grape and it contains like, what is it? 70% sugar. So it's obviously going to make the wine sweet. Yeah. And that was another thing that I, I mean, I knew about this product, but I only knew it as something that added that color to it. I never really realized that it also had a significant amount of sweetness that would then impact the final style of the wine. So yeah. That's a new they one said for me. It, it's so concentrated. You need very little amount of it mm -hmm. or you'd really, really overpower the sweetness of the wine. And the winemaker was also saying that it saw softens the tannins of a mm -hmm. wine. I, I forget how he, he said something in a quote. I'm trying to think of what rounds out the wine. That's what mm -hmm. he said. It rounds it out, which is an interesting thing. He said it <laughs> adds richness and color. And it obviously darkens the wine. And how about the point Kim he made in the, in the video talking about mega purple? He was saying when you swirl a wine that has mega purple in it, the wine actually sticks more mm -hmm. to the glass. And I was thinking it's because it, it's adding more sugar, you think? Is that sugar? Or I mean, they talk in a number of places about it changing the mouthfeel of the wine. So there must be something else with the viscosity of the wine that in addition to 
the sugars and the color, something with glycerol or another naturally occurring chemical component that we get from grape juice, but that that would also be something that would be added to the wine in addition to you know having these other effects. So probably that whatever it is that's adding that textural feeling of smoothness and roundness is also impacting how it clings to the glass. I'm glad you mentioned mouthfeel or texture. So mm-hmm. do you have some sort of flag that goes off when you're tasting a wine or analyzing a wine that you think something is in here? that is kind of manipulating this wine with, hmm, with Megapurgle? That's a really good question. I don't know that I have thought about it that way. I tend to focus a little bit more on being able to taste whether the oak flavor comes from an actual oak barrel or if it's maybe manipulated with the addition of maybe oak chips or oak extract like that. I feel like I have a a better handle on how that presents, but I'm not sure that I would be able to call out a mega purple manipulated wine (laughs) were I to have it in front of me. And we all know you and I am sure can say we know brands that we feel use this, this I'm product sure we or do. this additive. <laughs> but they're so <laughs> secret about it. And it gives you, yeah. And for me, years ago, I mean, when I saw this real like neon color, which is, it's pretty unique. And it's almost like an, an unnatural color for, for most wines. It's really bright neon color. And then I had kind of an eye-opening experience where I thought something was using mega purple. And I was just told there was more maybe contact with skins and the, this particular grape had thicker skin, so it gave off more color. And I was always thinking the negative way because of the mega purple thing circulating. But there are some real grapes out there that can give some real deep color as well without being manipulated with this. Well, how do you know that additive. they were telling you the truth and that you weren't right? Well, I, I, I was talking to the winemaker, so I'm assuming, <laughs> you know. And and But that's a great point because that's what basically these articles were saying. It, it, it's such a secret in the wine industry. No one, not only are they not telling you the truth, but they don't have to tell you the truth because the government says as long as it's on the list, it's okay, but you don't have to put it on the label. So why would you tell the consumer that you're manipulating it, right? right? It is, uh, yeah, it's a, one of those topics that when we do our wine label class, what do you what do you call it? Truth and lies. Yeah. That this is one of those things that is, I think, very frustrating for consumers because we bring these things up and then there's very little information out there so that people can make their own decision of whether they want to have any involvement with a wine that would have this additive to it. But then I guess the flip side of that is, well, you know, there's nothing harmful in it. It's just another grape product. But but I think right. it comes more down it's to popular. it's a popular style that's going around and, and, you know, it gets back almost to like Parker like wines where mm-hmm. good color, deep color, fruity body. And that was the trend. So they wanted to keep kind of consistency. And, and that was one of the points I thought the Keenan winery made was this additive kind of removes place from wine, right? It makes all the wines uniform and taste the same. Yeah. Make it a little bit, it makes it a little bit more generic. And I mean, yeah. this is, this is a, a philosophical difference that the way we often, the issue with place and climate there can be two different philosophies when we're talking about wine you know there's the the commercial side like this is just this is a, a product that is something that is on the market and it needs to be sold and so therefore let's make what the consumer wants or think they want which is extracted color and big fruitiness for those consumers that aren't really concerned about 
terroir and specialness of place and history and nuance and, and that kind of thing. So, I mean, there really are two different sides of it. And so this is something that has been developed so that it can be used to garner that kind of interest that wines that have deep color, I think, uh, deep that color. consumers all- like like that darker color. And so this right. is something that came on the market could, that could do that. And that was what was really hit on here was that a commercial winery really takes you know more use of this additive versus a smaller winemaker, which they care about the uniqueness of the product and not the consistency. Of, well, I don't want to say they don't care about consistency, but a big producer can make a more consistent pro- a product with big volume if they have a little help adding things to add if they have a weak you know, mm-hmm. vintage or something that year. And the winemaker also stated that they don't like it, but they're very jealous that the big guys who use it selling are selling this wine, as they said, uh, hand over fist. They, yeah. They're selling it like crazy and it's very, very popular. So I think we have to kind of, I think we should tell our listeners maybe a couple of wines that we know of that use it. Any stand out to you, Kim? I think they should kind of hear of maybe a wine for an example. Do I, mean, I don't know stick- for fact anyone's. I mean, I know some wines that are darker in color than maybe their grape variety would lead should you be. to believe, right. but maybe they're not using this. Maybe they're using some Syrah grapes or some other their method to right. bump up. Yeah, I think the classic things are Pinot Noirs that traditionally 100% Pinot is a very light colored thing. And there was a lot going around where maybe they were just adding Syrah for that 25%. So that's why it was dark. But then there was a lot of rumors that a lot of Mega Purple is used in some of the ah. big Pinot brands. So uh, so what I used to think was Syrah added is actually Mega Purple. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what they say. The next article Kim we want to hit on for Mega Purple was this Pix.com. And they revealed a few things. You were talking earlier about how it came about, the grape use. And they were saying that that grape was developed by UC Davis. And that since like 2010, the plantings have decreased. So they think, well, maybe people aren't using yeah, as much as this really concentrate. Too. But then again, it's, a, it's such a, maybe they just produced a lot of it and you don't really have to use a lot of it. So maybe they just don't need to keep producing the grapes as much because there's mm-hmm. such a backlog. That's kind of what I'm thinking. It's such yeah. a concentrated thing. Plus they had other versions of the concentrate uh, the company made. So that was pretty interesting. Like yeah. other colors, they use other grapes. Yeah. So- I kind of liked the the background and the history on it from this uh Picks article that I things I did not know. Yeah, and I'm hoping like like me, Kim, you was shocked when you heard the the original interest and the development of this was by Constellation Brands. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> so yeah, and if our listeners don't know, Constellation Brands is probably one of the biggest wine people out there, companies out there, and they then sold it to a company called was it Videl V I E D E L. I wonder if it's pronounced Videl, like Videl, the grape variety. Videl. So they sold it, but I'm sure. They pretty much were the ones who came up with it and then they sold it. So that, that was a kind of interesting history of the Mega Purple. And it also mentioned this is also used as a food additive. So you being the foodie, Kim, have you ever heard of foods using Mega Purple? I mean, it's probably just listed as natural color because like honestly, a red it's dye. what it is. Yeah. 
Yeah, because yeah. well, it's I not a that. you know petroleum based dye, so it's not an artificial color. It's a natural color. I mean, it's just concentrated grape juice. So I, they wouldn't have to list it on the label as derived from right. grapes unless they want to. I googled it just for the heck of it. You know what yeah. foods use mega purple? Nothing really popped. It was all the wine based mm-hmm. articles. But the interesting thing on the Google was you know, searches related to it. People, what they ask is. Does such and such brand have Mega Purple? Does yeah. this wine have Mega? So they they kind of searching, concerned if they might have heard about it, and does my wine have it? Oh my God, am I drinking Mega Purple type thing? Well, I think so, that that's a valid, very uh, valid question from consumers. You hear about this, and and you want to know, right? And no one's going to put that on their tech sheet or anything that they've added this to it or, or any of the items for any, for that reason that's on the additive list. They're not going to really tell you. It's pretty scary, especially if something is like milk based or wheat based. Well, or like those, I think, have to be based. added because of um, allergy issues. So like if this were, say, egg based and it was used as a food additive, that would have to go on the label as an allergen statement. But maybe because grapes not are lie, not though. up there. Yeah, hmm? it's not. I mean, it's it has to be on the on approved additive, but it doesn't have to be on the label. So it's pretty it's pretty scary. But I think because something like egg whites, when they're used for fining, there there's no longer any trace of the egg whites in the wine once it gets to the consumer. Right. So right. it's a pass through. It's still right. Yeah. That's what See, they I say I'm not that... bothered by those things. Yeah. <laughs> because I understand the science behind it. So I think a lot of it too sometimes is scary because people don't understand it. You know? Right. And I mean, that goes back to our whole uh, the talk we had about Velcarin, which was that carcinogen that dissipates over time. That's an additive, too. So mm-hmm. it's uh, I, I kind of get your point on that. It's just something we want our listeners to know that's out there in the wine world, mega purple. And uh, if you know of something that has it or seen something listed, and we'd like to know because it's a like they say, it's a dirty little secret in the wine industry. You can be our, our wine detectives. You're listening to The Wonderful World of Wine, and we are your hosts, Mark Lindsay and Kim Simone, exploring all things wine with you. For more information about Kim, you can go to her website at commonwealthwineschool.com. For more information about myself, you can go to franklinliquors.com. You can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. You can find all our past episodes on SoundCloud or iTunes, and we're also on Twitter at Wine Education. Next, we want to talk about another wine enthusiast article, Kim that uh, talked about something else in wine and it's been kind of trending lately a lot and that is sugar and this big thing pushed lately and I'm sure a ton of our listeners have seen it about healthy wines low sugar wines no sugar wines all the celebrities are jumping on coming up with something and saying this wine is better for you because it's less sugar or no sugar so what is your take Kim on sugar and the role of sugar in wine lately these things drive me nuts (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, it kind of comes back to that transparency in labeling and in marketing. And honestly, most wines don't have any sugar in them. Like there's no these marketing gimmicks where they say no added sugar, especially when you're talking about European wines. It is illegal to add extra sugar when you're making your wine. It is just not something that happens. So this whole no added sugar to the wine where you've got, you know, this visual of granulated sugar 
sugar being poured into a wine glass drives me bonkers because I feel like it is intentionally trying to manipulate the consumer into thinking that any normal glass of wine other than these healthy wines have loads of sugar added to them. And it's just not true. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned the EU thing versus like US. So the sugar we're talking about is what they call residual sugar. And a lot of times you'll just see it RS on text sheets and things of that sort. And it's measured in grams per liter. So the sugar, which comes from the grapes, once it's fermented, turns into alcohol. And then what's left is measured as residual sugar. So Kim mentioned the EU is a little stricter. And for the EU, anything with four grams per liter is considered dry. And if the EU regulates that. In the US, there's no standard of what sugar is dry or sweet. So I thought we should give some examples, what amounts of sugar we're talking in some wines. So like a typical dry wine is probably four to six grams per liter. Would you agree, Kim? Something like 13 and a half, 14% alcohol. Is it? I thought it was like so small that your palate can't even necessarily recognize that there's any sugar in there. Yeah, at all. what's the what's the trigger for? I thought it was, was it just like point one or is it one? I thought it was it's low, right? I mean, it's, it's really low. It's one or it's like point five. It's really low. So I, we're and it's under ten. So just to, as an example for the listeners, like a Moscato Diasti from Italy is like a hundred and twenty grams per liter, and it's five percent alcohol. So the old kind of trick with wine was the lower the alcohol, typically you should have more residual sugar left because all of the uh, sugar did not ferment into alcohol. And sometimes it's not a good tip because it's not true, but 90% of the time that is true. And I, I like to give that tip when you're looking at a Riesling. So they were talking about a, a Riesling having like 45 grams at an 8% Riesling. So you figure a Riesling that has 12% or 13% probably has less, you know, maybe 20, 30 grams per liter. You agree with that, Kim? Mm-hmm. You got quiet all of a sudden. <laughs> no, I was just listening you to your stats. So mad about the the subject. So mad about the sugar. <laughs> <laughs> it's confusing. I mean, my, my point was more about added sugar. Like, yeah, winemakers don't take Domino granulated sugar and pour it into wine right, into right. wine vats. That just doesn't happen. <laughs> and that was one of the points wine enthusiasts made. It implies that sugar is added to the wine. And it's some mass-produced wines they can add some sugar during the process of, of producing wine, but but that sugar is isn't that sugar is coming from grape juice. Yeah. And it's also fermented. Right. So, I mean, you can say, quote unquote, sugar as a scary term for people. But if you eat a handful of grapes, you're eating sugar. If you eat an apple, you're eating sugar. If you're eating carrot, you're eating sugar. And and I think the part of this that gets me riled up is that people are talking about naturally occurring fruit sugars and treating it like it's this terrible thing that we need to stay away from, when in reality, it's the building block of the wine. Right. And I'm glad you've made that point because have you tried any of these yes, so-called they're terrible. health things? And, it, you, and it's thank the opposite you, of, I mean, we talk a lot about natural wine and less into intervention and the philosophy a lot of winemakers have where they want to let the juice do its thing, you know, yet let the yeasts do their thing, have less of a of an impact from the the purple, the people, (laughs) 
person perspective, then just let the wine do its thing. This is the opposite of that, because once these wines get into the laboratory, then they are being manipulated in order to remove more sugars and remove the alcohol. So I think that that is something that people need to understand that when it's the same as like if you're eating foods that are, you know, low fat or no sugar, but then they have sweetness that's coming from something else. You give up something, but what are you getting in return? What did they have to do to that in order to get it so that it is now lower in alcohol? And it has to be manipulated in some way in order to get it to be the point where it has lower calories or lower sugar. And I think that people don't understand that this is no longer that natural product that people romanticize that wine is. So what are you missing when you taste these wines? You mentioned fruit. Do you notice the fruit is just gone? They're just bland. Right. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. I, I have water, not... Like they taste watery. So, and I don't know if that's because the lack of the correct level of alcohol isn't adding the body to it that I expect. And suppose that if you really are committed to having lower sugar, lower carb things, but still want to have your wine, you know, if you want your cake and eat it too, fine, settle for this, but go into it with your eyes open. And not thinking it's that just there's this wonderful wine out there that, oh, this is the natural way. And then everybody else is manipulating it. It's like, uh uh-uh. This is the manipulated product. So you think it's a mind control type thing? I'm seeing says this is better for me. It's lower in sugar. No, I think it's marketing. I know it doesn't taste like, yeah, but I I know this doesn't taste like my normal wine I drink, but you know what? It's healthier for me because they're telling me this. So they're accepting. People are accepting that. Yeah. Like, oh, they're telling me that it's healthier. Therefore, it must be healthier. Yeah. And every time someone shows me a new one on the market, the same thing is said to me. Oh, this by far is the best tasting one that's out there. (laughs) Like we know all the other ones are horrible. This one actually has a little bit of taste. I think you should try it. And then some celebrities on board with it. And none of them really catch on. And every one of them has a a thing on the neck of the bottle saying the no sugar, low sugar, healthy. And I think we touched base recently that the government is kind of cracking down on that saying you can't promote things as better for you or something like that. But uh, I'm so glad we agree that. I mean, I recently had one that I thought finally had some taste to it. And, uh, but God, the people have been giving it to me in the past. I, I taste them like, oh, I just can't. I want to have a healthy selection because that's trending and there are people, they truly believe in that. But I also want to sell things that taste good. And, uh, it's hard to find. Really is. Anything else on uh, sugar, Kim? That no, you got me all riled up. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it, it's a it just like the mega purple thing. Sugar, it's a misrepresentation to the wine world and for people because you want people to fall in love with wine and understand what's going on in wine, and then they throw all these things out there to send you all different directions, and it just involves more education and and explaining and us talking about it here on the show. Like this is what it's about. And the other thing is with with sugar, people, the carb thing. So I need low sugar because I want low carbs. Do you see any issue with a normal, quote, normal wine that there's a carb issue versus a low sugar version? Well, I, yeah, because I think it's the carbohydrates and the alcohol. So the hot, like a higher alcohol, technically it has more carbs, but it technically has less sugar. So doesn't that mean it's low carb? I'm confused. No, because it on still whole... has calories. So the, the I think the alcohol still is giving carbohydrate them. calories. Yeah. yeah. So the alcohol pot is worse than the yeah. sugar pot. I think, well, I mean, maybe it's both. It's probably both. I mean, they're just different. Friend, but 
never um, understood the still whole adding to calories because I mean you can have a, sh- a shot of vodka which is completely dry and that's still giving you calories because of the alcohol. Yeah, don't, yeah. Well, don't, I don't want to get going on the whole clear <laughs> liquor versus the uh, brown liquor, and, <laughs> you know, because there's a hundred proof vodka and there's there's hundred proof whiskey and I don't know. That's another whole. <laughs> that's another show. Yeah, that's another whole <laughs> thing to get on. So sugar and wine, and I think we covered two things today that people should be aware of in the wine world, the mega purple, sugar, all these statements or non-statements that are out there. And, and things you know, and keep... things in wine that get Kim upset. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You haven't been this upset on a topic in, in a long time. Sugar. And I know how to get it's like, oh, you now. know, labeling gets me all yeah, right. La- labeling and sugar. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today on The Wonderful World of Wine. We have been your hosts, Mark Lenzi and Kim Simone. You can always find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine, on Twitter at Wine Education, and our past episodes are on SoundCloud and iTunes. Cheers. Wine, wine, wine.